Ooh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bren. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And man, <laughs> is it slow out there for college football news? But don't worry, we've got you covered because I just got off the line with my buddy Dave Bartu. I teased this earlier in the week. Dave Bartu, the only voice out there saying that the SEC needs to stay at eight games. Everybody else is on that nine-game train, myself included. But Dave Bartu, man, he's winning me over with uh, this argument. We went on a deep dive here, nearly 30 minutes with the CFB matrix here. Dave Bartu bringing the heat on all the reasons. And, you know, really listen to what he's got to say because I think he's making some interesting points. And I love the fact, maybe my favorite part of this conversation is, you know, we try not to spend too much time thinking about the college football playoff on this show because I don't know if you guys noticed this, but heading into the season, people got to give playoff picks and, and they're eyeing the playoff. And it's just, it's almost like to hell with the regular season. And I, I we just don't think that way on this show because there's so many other games in the SEC, conference games, rivalry games, and hell, just games like, Ole Miss, Tennessee last season that, you know, those aren't necessarily, I know they're, those are traditional rivals, but they don't get to play that often, yet they come together and it one hell of a game and uh, one hell of an environment to, to seep in. But you're telling me that game doesn't matter now because it had no implications on the playoff. I call BS on that one. So there's just so many reasons why I don't want to focus on the playoff year round like so many damn people do these days. But Bartu brings up a very, very interesting way here to potentially give teams an added avenue to the college football playoff. And I think if you if you hear him out on this one, you may feel the same as I and think this is, you know, one hell of an alternative to the system we currently have. So let's kick it over to our conversation. Once again, Dave Bartu, CFB Matrix, went on a deep dive on why the SEC needs to be staying at an eight-game conference schedule. Well, we're pleased to once again be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Bartu. You know him as the CFB Matrix. Dave, thank you so much for joining me once again. I really appreciate it. No, always a, always a pleasure, man. Craziest uh, group of fans in the country is SEC country. So, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people call me crazy, too, with the way I tell stories with numbers. So, so it's uh, peas in a pod, buddy, peas in a pod. Yeah, no doubt. And, and the the reason I wanted to have you on, I mean, I know you're working on side projects. We'll get to that in a moment here involving the SEC. But we had a little conversation here on Sunday. I'm all aboard on this nine-game SEC schedule, or at least I was until I got on the phone with you hammering home the points of why the SEC really needs to double, triple, and, and quadruple check. They really want to do this. Why is it that you're hammering home the point that the SEC should stay at the eight-game conference model? I, I just see it long-term. I, After going over everything, I just believe it keeps the SEC in the conversation better. Uh, I think by going to nine, now I think they have to. Okay, let, let, me, let me say that. is I think they have to go to nine because of adding Texas and Oklahoma. Because seven plus one, it just doesn't work, man. I mean, it's just you—you you know, you, you're gonna you're gonna go six years and play a team, you know, some of these teams one time. 
Um, you know, and we saw this with Western, you know, the, the, uh, was it the Western athletic conference that tried 16 didn't work, you know? So, but I, I think the sec has to go there, but I believe it is going to be a diminishing return for the conference as a whole. And specifically certain teams are really going to feel the brunt of it. And I know you and I talked about a bunch of different things, you know, you think recruiting is going to get better. I think it's going to get a lot worse for some teams. You know, and, and so if if it was me, you know, I, the only reason I can see them going to nine and three, besides having to be for Texas and Oklahoma, it's just money. It's got to be for money because it, it's a numbers game. You know, I've said over and over with the SEC is is never leave eight and four because the numbers game for the playoffs is all about quality wins. It's all about top 25 wins and it's all about strength of schedule. And at eight conference games and four non-conference games, the SEC was getting all of that. Okay. And, and so when you go to nine and three, you're going to have fewer top 25 teams. You know, you're on average, everybody's adding a loss, you know, so you're taking a step back there. Uh, you're going to have fewer bowl teams. You know, your six and six team is, is now going to be five and seven. Um, and it's, it's hard to create new fans outside of alumni. And, and so I just, I, once you go to nine, there's no going back. And, and I just think eight and four is better for college football. And I certainly think it's better for the SEC uh, long-term. I know it's exciting right now, but I think that excitement is going to be wearing off pretty quick when you got a bunch of 500 teams in November. Right, and one of the main points you were making, Dave, if you wouldn't mind explaining it in further detail, is just the injury rate and how those will basically skyrocket in the SEC when they when they add uh, another conference game. Right, that was one of the things we talked about, right? So, so the SEC in the last 10 years has the highest rate of starts lost to injury per snap in college football. Highest rate in the last 10 years, okay? Every year, no breaks. And it's obviously no surprise. That was my hypothesis starting that review is speed equals mass times acceleration. SEC is the biggest. SEC is the fastest. You're going to have more injuries. Boom. That is exactly, they, they lead the uh, lead college football in starts lost to injury per team on average over the last 10 years. That's with eight conference games. You're adding a ninth conference game. That is 12% increase in conference games. So spitball, I believe at a minimum, starts loss to injury, you're going to go up 12%. You're already leading college. Now you're going to lead it by 12% more. And I think it's going to be higher because two things. One, with more injuries, you're having less experienced guys on the field, which creates more injuries. And they're going to be more tired. They're going to be more beat up. That, that, that you know, example you know, Mississippi State, they, in November this year, they're playing East Tennessee. Next year, that might be Tennessee. You're going to be tired. You're going to be more beat up. That's going to get you more hurt. So I feel that by going to nine, starts loss to injury, 12 to 19% increase over the next five to 10 years, or depending on how long it lasts. Uh, but I, I absolutely see the injuries piling up. And not only is that bad for the conference, but – if you're a Ohio State, if you're a Clemson, if you're a Miami, you know, if you're uh, another really good recruiter, you're using this as leverage, you know, and because development, man, really didn't matter where you go that much. I know a lot of, a lot of pe people say otherwise, 
But you look at the numbers, it's, it's just recruiting. Guys show up, they get to the NFL. And if my kid had an NFL opportunity, play the same amount of games no matter where they were at, you know, and be above five, be a team with above 500, it may not be everybody, but wouldn't it be logical to think that some kids are going to be, get recruited away because of the injury risk? I believe so, and I believe it's going to be used against the SEC. Yeah, and I, and one gripe you know people have about the SEC, Alabama, Georgia, they're they're just so dominant in the league. They're going to have they already have all the best players. If they 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 got the best depth too. I mean, it, this may just put them at an even further advantage over uh, you know let's say a Kentucky if they were to make a miracle run this year, that would just make that task that much harder with uh, just having a lack of depth, wouldn't you think? Exactly. Same thing with the playoffs, right? You expand the playoffs and you take the regular, if you take, if it, we were at, geez, what, 20 years ago, you could win 11 straight games and win a national title, right? Georgia Tech, BYU, you get to win 11, 12 straight games and, and you win a national title. And every time you add a game, this is like adding rounds in, in, in boxing or, or adding time in wrestling. If there's no weight class, the more time, the better the team is, the better odds are for the team with depth and talent. So the results, by adding more playoff games, you're less likely to have a Cinderella. Same thing with the SEC. You add that ninth game, Kentucky, the Missouris, the Arkansas, South Carolina, the dream of a division title is farther away. It's not closer. It is significantly farther away. So now teams that maybe had more hope in the past, it is less hopeful. It's still really great for the Georgias of the world, Alabamas of the world, the team, you know, LSUs, the, the teams that can recruit at a top 10 level anytime, anywhere with any record. But your middle ones, your South Carolina, your Auburn, your, your Mississippi, Mississippi State, Arkansas, it's that much farther away. There's less hope. The season is less exciting because your odds have dropped it is against you not for you and so that is another reason why i think nine and three is less than eight and four going forward from a personal emotional investment by all the fans yeah and another interesting point i had not considered that you made you know we'll have a, a glut of teams in the middle of the of the sec with uh you know three and five or 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 four and five five and four type sec records and what that does at the end of the season, you're going to have less ranked matchups. You're going to have less, you know, opportunities to even advance your your playoff profile, so to speak, because you're not getting, you know, maybe two ranked teams in the Egg Bowl, two ranked teams in the Iron Bowl. Uh, that is also something that I had not even considered. That uh, I thought was a, was a good point made by you. Right, you know, because when you look at the the playoffs right now, when you look at the committee, there's two things that are incredibly important and the sec has monopolized it at eight and four okay at nine and three they're not playing the numbers game and what that is is top 25 wins and wins over quality opponents and a quality opponent is a team that is 500 and better so when you go to nine and three you are likely going to have fewer top 25 opponents at the end of the season okay and for everybody listening for, for a playoff committee it's top 25 at the end of the year it's not playing a top 25 during the season. It only counts if they're top 25 at the end of the year. And same thing with a, a quality win. Teams got to be above 500. 
So last year, a 6-6 six and six Mississippi State team, that's a quality win for Alabama. When Mississippi State drops to 5-7, and seven, it's no longer a quality win. It hurts everybody's resumes as well. So I don't think the SEC is playing a numbers game. And, and, and to, I guess, further make a point, if I was Pac-12, and I've been saying this for god-awful amount of years since playoffs started, Pac-12 needs to go to eight games. Big 12 needs to go to eight games. ACC is already there. I would tell the ACC, do not move. You know, and I wish the SEC would stay at eight and four. I wish everybody was eight and four because to me, college football, you know, like SEC football, it's not about beating each other up. I mean, I, I know it's fun, right? Rival, some rivalries are fun, but the SEC doesn't have many rivalries, right? I mean, who, who's Kentucky's real rival? They don't have one. You know, Louisville, that's not even the SEC, right? Uh, you, know, you know, Missouri doesn't have a rival. Arkansas really doesn't have a rival. You know, the, the, the SEC does, is not a big rivalry conference because it's been changing so much for so long. We've lost the love-hate relationships of a, of a really long-term rivalry. So I feel that the SEC, what draws people to the SEC is all the top 25 games they can produce. Nine and three is going to produce less. The other thing that draws them is the opportunity to beat them. Everybody in the SEC loves SEC teams, right? Everybody outside the, the SEC hates SEC teams. It's a lot more fun to beat up on everybody outside the SEC than cannibalize yourself on the inside of the SEC. And, and so to me, college football is more about the non-conference stuff. And, and I would want, I, I wish we could have the playoffs where you played into the playoffs via your non-conference schedule. Right, you win, you win the conference championship, you're in. But your other path is scheduling tough. God, how great would it be that everybody in the SEC or most everybody in the SEC had awesome non-conference schedules? I mean, they still get to play a cool schedule, right? I mean, there's there's still eight quality teams to go around for everybody else. But imagine the the scheduling if everybody played everybody, and and, and there was just I don't know. Maybe I'm being greedy. Because, but, because personally, I'd rather see Miami, Alabama than Alabama, Georgia, you know, or I'd rather have both, you know, with, with this current path, you don't get both. You're, you're just getting Alabama, Georgia, and that, that opportunity isn't there. So to me, the, the SEC, their, their strength is beating the crap out of everybody else. Now, now they're taking away a non-conference game. There's, there, that's, what is that? That's 16 fewer non-conference games. To piss off the rest of the country. I think that hurts them as well. Yeah, in that last point you made, it was just fascinating, you know, when we had our call the other day, just looking at different avenues to reach the playoff. And and to your point, maybe you schedule all these non-conference Power 5 opponents. And if you have a 3-0 and record in that non-conference slate, Maybe that's how you punch your ticket to the playoff. If if you're a South Carolina and, and you pull the upset over Clemson and maybe you schedule a BYU and a North Carolina or something like that, because, you know, we got to be honest, it's it's not highly likely that South Carolina is going to win the, the SEC conference title. But, hell, if they go 9-3 and three in the league or, or what have you and they, and they go undefeated in that non-conference slate, maybe we reward those teams with a playoff berth. And, you know, I think that – you know, like you kind of said, that may be a pipe dream, but it, it kind of 
you know, I got my juices going. Just more avenues to reach the college football playoff, I think, is a good thing for the sport. I, I do, too, right? Because how, how many teams have we seen get really hot in conference play? And you go, oh, man, that team is just on fire at the end of the year. Too bad they're 10-2 and two and didn't get in. They won the, they, they just, you know, they just won their conference title 52 to 10, but, oh man, they, they lost that early season game. I love having more pass because then it opens up opportunity to level the playing field a little bit. It gives the little guy to South Carolina in, in this new sec. Uh, I don't mind saying they ain't ever going to win the sec ever. Not in my lifetime. If, if it, if it happens, I will text you and send you a bottle of whatever you want, man, and we're going to drink together. Because, I mean, I mean, South Carolina right now is, is what, the, the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th best recruiter in the SEC? And, and we're talking about adding, if, if you go to an eighth playoff game, so it's 17 games to win a national title, that's never, ever happening. And now you have to go through nine, you have to go through 10 SEC teams to win an SEC title. Dude, Kentucky out, Missouri out. It's just impossible. The numbers aren't there. I mean, maybe it's one in a hundred years, but the numbers aren't there. But if we create another path, now September becomes really cool, right? You know, like you just said, you beat Clemson, you beat Nebraska, or you, you beat Notre Dame, you beat BYU, you beat a couple of top 25 teams. And even if you get hurt or you can't win the conference, you're trying to punch your ticket. I just... I just think it would just be a much better way to go. Everybody seems to be pushing more and more conference games. I see it the exact opposite. I want less conference games. I want eight, and I want more non-conference games. But the only way to make the conference ga- non-conference games of value is there has to be a reward for it. There isn't one right now. Right now, it's win all your football games. Nobody cares if you beat four FCS teams as your non-conference. If you're undefeated Power 5 and – if you played four FCS, you know that's actually not true. I'm just kind of pushing exaggeration right. out there because that's what I do. But realistically, the system right now is promoting 13 and 0. That's it, right? At all costs. And so the the coolest part of college football outside of the rivalries is non-conference games. You know, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm over a half century old. I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere with two black and white channels and a 13-inch TV, but I certainly as hell knew what USC Notre Dame was growing up, right? And, and I knew what Notre Dame Miami was, and, and, and these, these, the non-conference games were what, that was big in my mind, and maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. But to me, outside of the rivalry, it's conference versus conference, not, not interconference stuff that's really exciting, especially in September. So give us two paths, and it makes college football better. Now, I know you're working on a little side project there, Dave, with uh, you're trying to put all these pieces together of, of uh, you know, if they do go to the nine-game model and the three permanents, and it just sounds like a massive headache. Can you kind of tease what you're doing there and, and kind of what you're finding as you're, as you're trying to put all these moving puzzle pieces together? Right. So, so I, I came up with the idea of why don't we simulate – Because my understanding, I guess rewind a little bit, my understanding is the SEC asked each athletic director to rank in order one through five, who would you like to play as your three permanent, right? You know, so, I mean, if if you're, you know, whatever, it's just number one, you know, Auburn says, okay, I want to play Alabama number one, Georgia number two, et cetera, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, well, why don't we try to simulate that, right? 
because we got we got college football playoff simulators. Writers went through all of that and described their their experience with that. Why don't we simulate what we believe the SEC to do? And so I reached out to a bunch of my followers, a lot of writers, and I got volunteer ads. I got a writer that covers every single team in the SEC. And without seeing anybody else's response, I asked for everybody to submit their one through five. I didn't need a reason for it, you know. And I'll give you an example. The number one for Alabama was LSU. Mm. That was number one for Alabama. They they wanted LSU first more than anything else. And you go, why wouldn't it be Auburn? Because they know they're going to get Auburn, right? That game ain't going nowhere. Auburn was number five on their list. Because what was more important to, to the Alabama guy was um, high-end games, which is LSU, and recruiting. Louisiana, Louisiana arguably is the best state to recruit out of. I mean, outside of Alabama, LSU has more NFL starts in the last 10 years than anybody, okay, regardless of the record. And, and so it's recruiting. It's an elite brand matchup. And, and so I'm, I'm going through this process right now. I actually have everybody. I have all 15 in front of me right now, except Auburn. <laughs> and there's not a lot of room. There. I mean, we, we know Auburn's already going to get Alabama. So there's really only two more that are left. But there's a bunch of things that are surprising me with it. Um, who everybody wants. It, it, you know, it might surprise your listeners that the top two teams that, that, the most, that were on the list the most LSU and Mississippi. The, the, the team that people wanted the least, South Carolina. So, you know, I mean, that, that alone, I was like, oh, man, I didn't expect that, right? And then you start looking at these rankings, and then the real difficulty is matching everything up. It is extraordinarily complex uh, because when you move two teams, it ripples through the whole thing, and you, got, and you basically got to start over. Uh, so anyways, it, it's only about, I got about 48 hours left to finish this up and then write the articles and I will be sure to send everything to you so you can review it. Your listeners can, can follow along and everybody that participated, you can bring them on for interviews just like this and talk to them about why did you think the AD would do it this way? And it gives you the entire schedule, all three by 16 plus everybody's six by six, um, games that they have. So it's, I think it's a fun project and I think it's kind of eye opening for fans to really step back and take a look at the big picture uh, of how it all could work out. Now, last question I got for you, Dave, I know this is something that uh, you're kind of passionate about as well, but just, you know, if they go to this nine games, it's going to make these schedules so ridiculous. Uh, it's going to make these jobs tougher and tougher in the SEC. And, you know there there are there are exceptions to the rules. I mean, some guys get fired, and and you know a couple of years down the line they are given another opportunity. But a lot of these coaches, Dave, once they get fired from a from an SEC type school, I mean, your only avenue is to is to go down a level because you you basically your your reputation is is in the toilet. Do you <laughs> do you think this is gonna make? Uh, you know, I don't know how I know. You know, you evaluate all these coaches and you give them grades and everything. Do you think? Uh-huh. going to a nine-game schedule would keep elite coaches from wanting to come to the SEC. I think you could maybe make the argument that Lincoln Riley looked looked at it and said, well, hell, I'm not going to LSU. I'd, I'd rather go uh, to Southern Cal for that very reason. That, that, was, that was my exact response when it happened, you know, because I, I knew he was with, with, with the work I do uh, with athletic directors. I knew what LSU was doing, 
And I knew Riley was, was part of that. And as soon as I heard USC pop into the picture, I'm like, why would you not go to USC? That, that, that is a much, 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 much better path, you know, because at Oklahoma, you not only have to rebuild the roster to SEC size, Oklahoma and Texas, their size is not ready for it right now. If they flipped over, oh, they would just get destroyed in the SEC. They, you want to talk about injury rate. It would be huge. So you have a massive rebuild at Oklahoma moving into the SEC, and then you have an expectation at Oklahoma to be 10, 11, win 12 win team each and every year well in the big 12 you only face one top 25 recruiter every year that's texas dude in, in the sec that's called freaking saturday <laughs> you know every freaking saturday and, and so i mean uh, if it was between lsu and, and 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 usc i mean if that was really the case that's a no-brainer i mean it's not even close um, you know, plus you're getting USC at the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, Helton ran that thing. Just, he cratered that place. It sucks. So there's nowhere to go, but up there. So, so that one makes a lot of sense. And you want to talk about some tough jobs. If they go to nine, dude, Vanderbilt's the shittiest job in college football, isn't it? Yeah. No I doubt. mean, seriously, you got, you have no shot there. None. You, you know what? I don't know the other job, Alabama. Now I know it's only one game, but Nick Saban, would have a hard time replacing Nick Saban. <laughs> now, now, I'm not saying Alabama's going to take a huge step back, but look, these things are additive. They pile up. Injuries pile up. They hurt teams. It's harder to keep up. You know, it even may be harder, like you said, not only to find head coaches, it might be harder to find assistant coaches that want to stick around a long time because of the pressure to win at the previous levels. You're asking everybody that had eight and four dreams, nine and three dreams, 10 and two expectations to take it down a notch. Literally, every, on average, go to nine and three, the average team is going to be worse off by one full game. Now, now, in the SEC, that's a big deal, right? I mean, it's a big deal anywhere in college football, but in the SEC where the passion is maybe a little bit over the top, <laughs> it's going to be hard to readjust these expectations. So I know people are excited about these schedules hell i am you know when you when you look at this stuff you know i'm looking at me heck you pick any team right now and it's like you you go through this nine game schedule and it's like oh man this is cool it's awesome but then i gotta gotta remind myself is that that eight and three top 25 mississippi team probably will be seven and four not top 25 these matchups aren't going to be as cool down the road. And if team, and when, and when fans figure out it's harder to win, and when fans figure out, man, we got no shot of winning our division, we got no shot of winning our conference, you know, it's worse now than it was before, I think you're going to see a regression. I think right now peak SEC is today. And I think as we go forward with the 9-3 and three schedule, I think you're slowly going to see a regression in the excitement as a whole. Look, there's always going to be really good SEC teams. You got 16 teams, and half of them are top 10 recruiters. Okay, you're always going to have a few really, really good teams. But 16 teams as a whole, I think there's going to be a regression in the excitement because it is that much more difficult, and expectations will not be met each year like people expect them to. Just outstanding stuff once again from old Dave Bartu. Give him a follow at CFB Matrix. Cannot thank you enough, Bartu, for joining the show once again. You're the man.
Ted, thanks for giving me a stump to, uh, to talk outside the box. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't, this may not be the reality, maybe totally wrong, but telling stories with numbers is what I do. And I think this is a very realistic probability. So I appreciate the microphone, brother. Absolutely. Just terrific stuff there from Dave Bartu once again. I really appreciate uh, our chats there. Nobody else do- doing it quite like Mr. Dave Bartu. And in the coming days, he's going to release his data on uh, the the hypothetical scheduling draft that he's talked about there. So I look forward to that information that I'll be certainly sharing with you guys as soon as I have it. But just another way to think about the FCC and the future and, and where we want this league to go. And the middle of the summer, that's the perfect time to have these types of conversations. But hey, don't forget, we've got one more show coming at you this week. Got another terrific guest lined up. Going to be able to hit on a number of SEC teams with this guest to finish the week strong. But that is going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll catch you on the next one.